Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Let's, let's jump into the message today. God's wanting to raise up a warrior army in the last days and training men and women to be soldiers for the kingdom of God. And so this topic is something that he's laid on my heart. I touched on it earlier uh, before our prayer and fasting time, and I want to come back to it. By the way, today is our last day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I want to say thank you to all of you who have participated. I pray that it was helpful for you as you prayed and sought the Lord more, said no to flesh in some way, form, or fashion, that we're continuing this to seek more of his face. So we're celebrating today. Today we can, we can pray and feast instead of pray and fast. So we're excited about that opportunity. Hey, we love the Bible here at the Rose Church. So if you got your Bible, let's open them up. We believe it's the sword of the Spirit to cut the devil up. So let's get that Bible out. Let's open it to Hebrews chapter 10. Woo! Hebrews chapter 10. Excited about the Word of God. Sermon notes are available on the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. Note takers are World changers, thank you. Thank you. You've got that one. Let's check the other one. Our vision here at the Rhodes Church is to connect people with Jesus from all. Yes, yes. So we pray that you get connected to Jesus here, that you find him in a powerful way. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for the word. I pray that you bring life to it. Holy Spirit, let a fire burn in our belly, that our eyes be open for revelation. I pray against distraction. I pray against anything the enemy might try. Lord, let your word go forth freely. Let us hear it, digest it, put it in our heart, and let it change us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, on October 14th of 22, the the Lord gave me a word through uh, Pastor Charla. She's our kids' pastor. She came up to me and said, the Lord's got a word for you, and he says, you need to endure. There's a call to endure. Endure the trials, endure the testing, endure in long suffering. You must endure. So I was in October, and I've already had multiple opportunities to put that word to practice. You know, if God ever gives you something or tells you something, whether it's in your own private time or someone else comes up and tells you something, a lot of times he's preparing you for something you don't even know is going to happen. So you need to receive that and grow in that. But I believe it was more than just myself. I I believe there's a need in the body of Christ for endurance. A lot of times we're great out of the gate, but can we finish the race? And that's what uh, we've seen a problem ever since uh, through COVID and through the last couple years. We saw people struggling with endurance. We've all struggled with endurance in our life one way or another. So uh, let's talk about that. We talked about enduring temptation last week. Uh, We talked about the importance of faith and what it means to walk by faith as a believer. So let's let's jump into this in Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start reading in verse 32. Are you with me? All right. The rest of you, you going to jump on sometime in the service? All right. Verse 32, it says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated or enlightened, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. So after you were illuminated, after God showed you something, after God spoke to you, what followed that? You endured a great struggle. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly 
while you became companions of those who were so treated. So there's two ways that you were going through a struggle. Number one is because of the reproaches and tribulations that came to you because of what you believe. Then the second one is because the association you had with other people who believed that way. So because you were connected to them, you also were going to be uh, going through some persecution. These things are coming to the Western world more and more. Trying to prepare you. I believe Jesus is trying to prepare us. Persecution is coming to the United States of America. We don't have it much at all right now, but it is coming. So God is saying it's time for us to be prepared. That just being associated with a group of people could bring you persecution. What could we think could be a group of people? Maybe a church Oh, you go there? You're one of those? You may not get the job. You may not get the, you may have not have a successful interview. There's a lot of things, and I don't want to get into what's coming, so let me stay focused. I get, my brain starts going that direction. I really like to talk about that stuff, but let's, where were we? Partly, verse 34, for you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing, why were you willing to joyfully accept the plundering of your earthly goods? Why were, why were you willing to lose your job? Why were you willing to associate with me? I'm in jail. People are against me. Why were you willing to do that? Why? Because knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Amen. He was saying to them, why were you willing to sacrifice and give up everything in this life? Because you knew you had a reward in heaven that was bigger than this. Because you knew there was something, an enduring possession. What does that mean? An eternal possession. What I have, what I own, what's in my bank account, it is temporary. The technology is available right now, digitally, that it can turn, push a button and turn off my money. Here I go again. What am I saying? We cannot put our faith and our hope in earthly things. We have to put them in an enduring possession. When it's like that, then you say, take whatever you want. I have something you can't take from me. I have something that you can never steal from me. Take my job, take my money, take my house. I've still got something that endures forever. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know, but God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Because we've got to learn to walk by faith. Walking and living by faith has been gradually pulled out of the modern church. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. But we like to live by salaries and Christian concepts. We like the Christian ideals, but we're not really to get ready to give up everything for them. I mean, I like the idea of heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But be willing to give up everything for the way that gets us to heaven. Eh. Got to live by faith. So let's look what it means here. 
Because you have this enduring possession, therefore, verse 35, let's go there. Because of this, you are willing to give up everything because you have an enduring possession. Therefore, because you know that, do not cast away your what? Your confidence. Do not cast away. What does it mean? Cast away means literally to throw or to abandon or give up. So because you know you have an enduring possession in heaven, do not throw away, give up, or abandon your confidence. Now, now we got to check out confidence. Because in our world, confidence means it's a feeling. Like, I just don't feel very confident. I just don't think I'm very confident right now. But biblical confidence is not a feeling. Biblical confidence, here's the Greek word, here's what it means. Literally, to speak with boldness or courage in the midst of intimidating circumstances. Let me say it again. Biblical confidence, it's not a feeling or an attitude, but rather a way of speaking. What are we speaking in confidence? Verse 32, the things that were illuminated to us by Jesus. I don't speak boldly and confidently or courageous the things I want or wish. I speak boldly and courageously in the midst of intimidating circumstances the things that Jesus has spoken to me. This is biblical confidence. Biblical confidence is not confidence in self. It's not confidence in me. It's not confidence in my ability. My confidence is in him and what he has said to me. So he's telling me, don't throw away, don't abandon, don't give up, speaking boldly and courageously the things that Jesus has told you. What God has promised you, don't give them up, don't abandon them, abandon them, don't, don't, don't throw in the towel, hold on to them, keep doing it. In the midst of in the midst of difficult circumstances, not in the absence of, anybody can speak it when everything's going great. He's talking about don't give up right in the middle of adverse situations. I was talking to one of my kids yesterday, and we're talking about adversity and difficult times and something that's going on. And, and I said, this adversity is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to be like Jesus. This is our opportunity to grow and be like him. Here's what we need to know. We won't grow and be like Jesus through easy times. We become like Jesus through adversity. We become like Jesus when we have two options and we really want this one, but this one's God's way of doing it. And it really hurts. It's painful. It's hard. And we choose Jesus. Ding, ding, ding. We just grew. So he's telling us this is what it means to endure. Have confidence. Don't throw away this confidence. It has great reward. If the writer's telling you and I not to give up or abandon something, doesn't that mean that it's possible that there's going to be a temptation to get us to give up? Right? Isn't there going to be pressure to give up? Isn't there going to be pressure to stop coming to church because someone offended you? Isn't there going to be pressure to give up on God because it didn't come the way you wanted it, when you wanted it? 
There's going to be pressure to do this, but we have to resist that pressure and keep trusting Jesus. He says, don't give up your confidence. Don't throw it away. Why? Because, the rest of verse 35 there, because it has great Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not looking at the screen or your Bible. If you look at your Bible, you don't have to worry about the screen. Therefore do, <laughs> therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. So in other words, it's going to pay off if we will not abandon, give up, or quit speaking the things that Jesus told us into our hearts. He said there's going to be a great reward. Now, we don't do it for the reward. The reward's not the motive, but it is the end result. Big difference. I don't do things. Our, our motive should not be do things so that God will do for us. We do things for God out of love, and as a byproduct, he does things in return. It's a principle. So now there's a reward. It's going to pay dividends, but it's going to require faith in order for us to continue with this confidence until we actually see the reward. Look what Hebrews 11:6 6 says. It's just in the next chapter. It says, but without faith it is, what's the next word? Impossible. What does impossible mean? Possible. Means not possible. Thank you. <laughs> we like to go deep here at the Rhodes Church in our Greek studies. But without faith, it is impossible. It is not possible to please God. Let's take that same sentence, rearrange it, and say the same thing. It is not possible to please God without faith. It's not even possible. Do we need faith? If we want to please God, we've got to have it. So this is why God is saying, impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe. It's a must. Believe that he is and that he's a He's a rewarder of those specific group of people who diligently seek him. Why do we endure difficulties, struggles, temptations to give up, to throw in the towel, to abandon our faith, to abandon what God's spoken into our heart and stop speaking it? Why are we willing to endure that? Because we believe he's a rewarder. Because we're convinced he's a rewarder. It's not just I hope so. I believe that he is. In that same conversation with my child, we were talking about it. And we were talking about the difficulties of making a choice. And, and without knowing the scenario, it may be difficult for you to connect. But we're talking about the difficulties of making a choice to go God's way when it's easier to go this way. And, and how to go against the grain and go against the flesh and la da da and do this. And I said, wait a minute. I don't always get this right, but... I've already made up my, side, my mind, I want to win. If you hang around me for very long, you'll know this. I want to win at everything. And that includes Jesus. I'm convinced that he is coming. Oh, this is, this is off the cuff. This is, this is off the cuff. We got to go just for a second. Screen's not going to be there. That's why you've got to have your Bible. Revelation 22, verse 12 says, And behold, woo, I felt the Holy Spirit there. Verse 12, And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. <laughs> I said, I've already made up my mind. 
that whatever I've got to endure, whatever I've got to go through, it is worth it because I believe he's coming quickly and he's bringing my reward. My reward isn't here. You don't have my reward. If someone says, man, that was the best sermon ever. That's great. Please do. But that's, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's not my reward. It's not my reward. Don't let your reward, come on, I'm going to help you right now. Don't put your reward in the hands of another person. (sighs) I just felt that. Don't put it and trust it with someone else that if they will just do this and say just this, then my reward is entrusted to them. Put your reward in an eternal, enduring place. He says, I'm coming and I'm going to bring my reward with me to give to everyone according to their works. So what do you got to go through? Is it hard to choose God's way sometimes? Absolutely. But is it worth it? Maybe not in the moment. Maybe not in the moment you may not see any benefit out of it. Maybe in the moment it just hurts. It just stinking hurts. But he's coming. He's coming. I'm convinced that he's the winning team. You don't have to believe God. You don't have to believe in God. You can be agnostic. You can be atheistic. You can, do, you can believe whatever you want. I believe that we didn't come out of a poof of an explosion I believe we were created by a creator. And so if there is a creator, then everything else about this Bible is true. So he's coming back. So I've already decided I'm hooking my wagon to him. And everything that he's got, I'm going down with him, whatever. So my reward is coming from him. We've got to unhook our reward from other people and attach it to him. Well, they didn't compliment me. They didn't notice me. They didn't say anything to me. They didn't do this. So I'm out of here. Stop putting your reward in the hands of people. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Look at verse 36. For you have need, everybody say need. Ooh. That's me, that's you, that's all of us. For you have need of what? Of endurance, of endurance, of endurance. Here's what the word endurance there means in the Greek language. I'm going to give you, it's a breakdown of a couple words. Number one is hupo. I didn't say hippo, I said hupo. Here's what the word hupo means. Under or beneath something. It means submitting or yielding to something greater. If we're going to be able to endure, the first part of the word endurance is being submitted or yielded to something greater than you. We will not endure as long as we are on top. We will quit. We will bail. Our emotions will lead us off. Our feelings will lead us off because we're calling the shots. The only way we can endure is if we submit or yield and acknowledge somebody's greater than me. So when I want to quit, when I want to abandon, when I want to give up, I'm submitted and yielded to something greater than me. That's key. Second part of that word, hupo, meno. Meno means to stay, to not leave, to be fixed, to abide, to remain. So you put those two words together, and here's what it means. When it says you have need of endurance, here's what the Bible's telling you and I. To stay under the leadership of God, to stay under what God is telling you, to continue 
to hold one's ground with hopeful, here's a key part, with hopeful expectation. Endurance is not just surviving, suffering in silence. That's not endurance biblically. Biblically, it's holding your ground with hopeful expectation despite difficult circumstances, not in the absence of them, but despite difficult circumstances. It means courageous constancy and perseverance. So when the Bible says you and I need endurance, what is it saying? It's saying you and I, we need to learn to stay under, to continue to hold our ground with hopeful expectation despite difficult circumstances. I don't know what this, this I don't know what difficult circumstances you're dealing with. I know what difficult circumstances I'm dealing with. I just know this. You are dealing with difficult circumstances. So in the midst of difficult circumstances, the question is, am I enduring or am I abandoning? It's not a question of if they come. It's when they come. And the body of Christ, believers, we need to be prepared that difficult circumstances are coming and we are prepared for them. When they come, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to endure Set your mind, set your heart, set your focus on Jesus and say, they're coming. That way we're not explaining to God why we're justified in giving up because he doesn't understand all the parameters of how difficult our situation is. We're just saying, Lord, if I'm in it with you, I can win it. If I'm in it, then I can go through it. I can endure it. And this is what he's telling you. You have need of endurance. So let me give you one key. Half of a key. I did this first service too. I've got three keys to endurance. You're not getting all three today. You're not even getting all of the first one. But we're going to go through one of them. The first key to endurance. Again, we're talking about endurance of faith, right? Endurance of faith. First key, number one, is source. Is our source. Go to Mark chapter 4. Hurry, turn quicker than that. Let's go. Mark chapter 4. The first key to enduring in faith is what? It is source. Everybody say source. We need the right source. Why is our source important? We're going to find out. What is the source of our faith? Mark chapter 4. We'll start reading verse 13. This is Jesus talking. He's explaining the parable of the sower that he gave earlier in the chapter. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? This must be, must be a pretty important parable because he said, if you don't understand this parable, how then will you understand all the parables? So it's a pretty big one. Verse 14, the sower sows what? Sows the word. Sows the, word. the sower sows the word. Sowing refers to seeds, Right? Farmers, this is the part where Revelation is going to start exploding in your heart, I believe it. We're in an agricultural area of the country, so hopefully you can get, maybe you're a gardener of some sort, but sowing refers to a seed. Seed grows and produces something, right? What does a seed produce? A seed produces after its own kind. Hold your finger there and look at Genesis chapter 1. This is important. This is really important. What's the source of our faith that, we, that will help us endure? Our source is vital. If we don't have the right source, we will not endure. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I don't, I don't endure very well when I don't have the right source. Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning, verse 11. 
It says, then God said, let the earth bring forth, bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. That's important. Whose seed is in itself. What's inside an apple? Apple seeds, right? Fruit has seeds in itself, and it was so. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So now, what does a seed produce? A seed produces after its own kind. The sower sows what? Sows the, sows the word. Here's the word. This is, this is endurance 101. The first key to endurance of our faith is we have to have the right source. The sower sows the word. So if the word is our seed and the seed is the word, what do we do with the word? We sow it. It produces after itself. In other words, if I need peace in my life, I look for peace seed in the word and I sow that into my heart and the word will produce after its own kind. If I'm dealing with fear, I look up scriptures about fear, about courage, about boldness and I sow those into my heart and the word will produce it. I don't look up scriptures on fear if I'm needing something different, I, it produces after its own kind. So the sower sows what? Sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. If you need some uh, peace in your life, if you are dealing with anxiety, dealing with fear and anxiety, look up scriptures about the peace of God and begin to meditate on them. Just begin to read them out loud. Begin to speak them out loud. It will begin to grow. But here's what we got to do. Look at verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes. How quickly? Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that's sown in their hearts. You know, the devil's going to try and come and steal this word that you just heard before you get to the parking lot. The devil does not want the word to get in our hearts. This is why you can't remember on Tuesday what I preached today. Because it, he zaps it from your heart. This is why I tell people you got to listen to it over and over and over. Because it will not get in your heart today. Oh, it does for me. I'm super spiritual. Good for you. But your neighbor may need to hear it multiple times. I listen to messages multiple times before they actually get on the inside of me and become mine. So he says, the Satan comes immediately to take away the word. These likewise, verse 16, are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, everybody say hear. hear. When they hear the word, when we hear the word, what is the source? Is that external or internal? We're hearing it. It's coming from the external, right? When we hear the word. So when you're hearing the word, example, right now, you're hearing this message. You're hearing it from the outside in. I'm speaking, you're hearing. It says, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Here's the temptation. We hear the word, and it sounds good. If you're in church for a while, you learn Christianese, so you learn phrases like, amen. Because you say, that's good. Or, oh, nice, yeah, wow, whatever. 
It sounds good, so we receive it with gladness. And we say, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's a good word. Listen to that podcast. You're like, oh, that's good. We hear it. It's external. Faith begins there, but don't stop there. Because it hasn't become yours yet. The moment you hear it and you go, wow, that's good. That's something external on the outside of you. But we need to get it on the inside. Look what he says. When you hear the word, they receive it with gladness. Verse 17, this is the part. But they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Why do they endure only for a time? Because they have no root in themselves. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises... For whose sake? For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. The first key to enduring is our source, and our source has to be the word of God. Our source cannot be, let me say this very clearly, please give me your attention, because the keyboarders out here doesn't mean we stop. My source cannot be what I want. This is the biggest struggle for Christians that we think, and maybe we've been taught, we've been taught that if God wants us to have it, it'll happen. The source of what I'm believing is not what I want. Like if I just tell him a lot, gimme, 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 because my name is Jimmy, that God's going to give it to me. That's not how it works. I, God is not obligated to give me what I want. He's obligated to give me what he promised So I don't pray what I want and hope it's right. I pray what he says and believe I receive. Big difference. Why can I believe I receive it? Because it's not something I made up. It's something I found that he said. But I've got to get root in myself. Now the root in myself is not the root is me. The root in themselves means the location of the root. But I am not the root. The root is Jesus. John chapter 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who dwells in me and I in them will bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So we have to have our source right. We have to have root in ourselves. It can't, it's got to go from what somebody else said to something I believe and I take root in myself. What Jesus is speaking to me, now I believe it for me. Chad may have started saying it, but now I disconnect from what Chad said, and now I believe for myself. Quick example, quick example. The woman at the, at the well, you guys remember the woman at the well? Jesus came and told her, yeah, you're not married, but you've been married this many times, and the person you're living with now is not your husband. She's like, snap, what? How did you know that? She goes back and she tells the whole village, she says, hey, come see the man who told me everything about my life. So she tells them about Jesus, and then Jesus comes and stays with them, and he preaches, and they go back to the lady and they say, hey, now we believe, not because of what you said, but because of what he said to us. Folks, we need to endure. We all need to endure. We're giving up too quick. We're giving up on our confidence too quickly. We're throwing in the towel too quickly. We're abandoning faith because we don't see it when we want to see it. I was believing God for that to happen, but it has not happened. What's the timetable? I don't know. Ask Abraham. 
I've been waiting for six months. I've been tithing faithfully for three weeks. I've seen no turnaround. I'm out. God told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. So much so I want you to change your name. You're not Abram anymore. You're Abraham. You got to go around telling people you're the father of many nations. You got no kids. Hello, I'm father of many nations. <laughs> Abe, where's all your kids? Oh, you don't have any. I'm Abraham. I'm Abraham. I'm Abraham. Why? Because God said so. Faith in what he said. Do not cast away your confidence in what God has told you. That at 99 years old, 25 years he waited. Well, I've waited a long time. I get it. I feel with you. It's not easy. It's not easy for any of us. But God was saying, you have need of endurance. And this is what he's equipping us for. Because difficult times are already here, but difficult times are coming. And you know how Sam saw how many people bailed on their faith in God? Because it got tough. It's hard. But is it worth it? Do you believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.